listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. And man, it is so easy to get lost on the creative journey. And that's why I make this show to help you get back on the path, back in your flow, on to reaching your creative potential. Don't you want some of that? I need some of that. And we, we'll, we'll get there doing it together. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into this episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. doing all kinds of different things. I'm doing podcasting, kids books, client work, classes, public speaking, all kinds of other stuff in the works beyond that. And sometimes uh, when I'm doing all of these disparate things, running in a different billion different directions, I can feel like I am just totally unintegrated with myself. And it just feels like, man, why am I doing this? And you know, we started this artist management entity called Coloop. And so I work with a bunch of other creatives and I see the same thing happen to them. They have these seasons where everything is in its right place, like Radiohead. It's all in sync with each other and everything feels integrated. And then there's these seasons where everything just feels out of whack. You know, I was recently reading about the new documentary. It's a mockumentary, I guess, on the musician St. Vincent that uh, Carrie Brown seen from both Portlandia and the band Sleater Kenny. And I read this quote from the film that I was like, oh man, it just hit me right in the gut. And it's them musing about their careers 
and Carrie says, I think I'm in the failure era of my life where people don't like the stuff that I'm doing. Oh, <laughs> artist, can you feel that? And then she says, I do think that it's the artist's role, the writer's role to thrash around, to make mistakes and be out of step. But when I'm out of step, I feel terrible. And, you know, I, it's not my place to judge, but I feel like we all know when our favorite artists are kind of out of step and they're rolling around in the valley, in the wilderness, and it's not quite working. And, you know, honestly, I feel like that is totally part of the game. Like, I think it's important to make difficult albums that don't make any sense and that aren't really your best work because they're kind of the manure that goes on to fuel the better stuff. Like I, I think it's good to ebb and flow. I'm not the, I'm not saying we got to be going up to the right all the time, always winning, always getting better. I think life is much more of like a pulse. I keep seeing this on TikTok and Instagram and all over the place. People talking about how achieving anything requires like waste and death of some kind. And I, and I agree but I don't think we have to do away with the death part of the cycle. I think that is part of life. I think what we need to master is the resurrection of it, the recycling, the ebb and flow. I have no problem with being out of step or with artists being out of step. What I have a problem with is when you get out of step, you lose your way and you get so lost that you never return to the pulse, right? And I see this sometimes when artists start feeling totally unintegrated. They're doing a billion things at the same time and they just want to shut it all down. And now I, I think sometimes you got to cut some stuff out, but this impulse to shut it all down is saying the problem is I'm doing too many random things. I'm just doing too many things. And it makes me feel like, you know, you know what else is doing billions of things? Your body. Your body, it's making insulin, it's digesting food, it's fighting off colds, it's, you know, deal, your liver's doing, your kidneys and liver are doing something. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but they're doing stuff, man. And you might be like, Andy, yeah, they're all doing a bunch of different functions, but they're all serving a specific integrated purpose. And so maybe... The problem with your practice and your creative life and journey isn't that you're doing a billion functions, is that you can't see how they're integrated to serving the bigger purpose. And so in this episode, I want to take you through a process of kind of having a deeper understanding of what's fueling this whole thing. Then laying out what are all the things I'm doing and how do they contribute to that bigger thing? And they don't all have to contribute in the same way. Some of the things you're doing, you might be doing more for financial reasons. Some of the things you're doing might be right on the money. Some of the things you're doing might be totally irrelevant, but ultimately are fun and they feed and fuel back into you staying fresh and sharp and interested in the greater journey. And so in this episode, if you're feeling out of step with your practice, I want to help you to take the billions of things that you're doing 
and help you find what is their function and how does that play out into the bigger purpose of what I'm doing on this planet as a creator. Let's go. Okay, so we have four different parts to this process and plan. The first one being start with why. Start with why is the Simon Sinek book. And it's just this idea that you need to have that deeper purpose fueling the what and how of what you're doing. You need a sense of what is the meaning of all of this turning my wheels, showing up every day, clocking in, clocking out. Why am I doing this? If I don't understand that, then I am not going to stay motivated. And I think it's extremely important to get super familiar in a very rich kind of way and then keep that at the forefront. And later I want to talk about kind of tapping into specific memories and and embodying those feelings of what it felt like, man, just revisiting that stuff sometimes can just supercharge you up and get you rolling. And so the first thing you got to do is start with why, why do you want to reach your creative potential? That's what this whole podcast is about. I Really freaking love to see artists have breakthrough creative works. My favorite thing to see is artists late in life having their biggest creative breakthroughs. You know, Johnny Cash doing the song Hurt, doing that Nine Inch Nails cover. That's like the, that is like, that's what fuels this show. Like, I want to see all of you doing your Johnny Cash hurt in your later years, your, your massive comebacks or breakthroughs. And I think you do that by thriving in all areas. I feel like, you, you know, I kind of feel like art is the sport of your right brain, your brain. And in the same way, uh, an athlete needs to stay in shape. I really believe that a huge part of making your best creative work is staying mentally at your best, which means you got to have money in the capitalist world we live in to do that. You, that's part of it. So I, that's part of the reason why we talk about how to th- thrive in your career as well as your creativity, because I believe your well-being contributes to your ability to have those Johnny Cash hurt kind of moments. And so that's, that's what fuels me. That's what fuels this podcast. You know, recently on the podcast, we were talking about the Flaming Lips frontman Wayne Coyne talking about how he feels that drug use in creatives is less uh, causal and more just a correlation with the fact that creative people are open to experience. And uh, I was tagged in a TikTok recently from a young dude at eat underscore more underscore spiders apologies for that name that's what it blame this guy but uh, it seems like a smart bloke and he was talking about you know is this causal is this just a correlation you know chicken and egg kind of thing and i also heard andre 3000 wrestling with a similar thing on rick rubin's podcast broken record when he was saying that creative people seem to have a lot of mental health struggles and so often we 
we think the cause of creativity is mental health issues, you know, being depressed, tragedies, being sad. But he was like, no, I think it's just the fact that creativity comes from being a sensitive person. And so it, it correlates with being a creative person. But I actually believe, and I think Andre 3000 does too, that when you're at your best, when you're at your healthiest, when you're integrated, that's when you have the potential to make your best work. And so that motivates me. That deep why gets me to show up here every single week. And what I've done to get to the bottom of that why, to really flesh it out, is this practice of the five whys, uh, something that... uh, Japanese engineer Taichi Ono came up with and he would do this practice of the five whys when something broke down like a a machine of some sort on the assembly line or what have you he would ask the five whys what's wrong with it well the electrics won't turn on why won't the electrics turn on well the spark plug is not working why is the spark plug not working all the way to get to the bottom answer now when it comes to finding your why or, or fleshing out that, that abstract kind of motivation, I feel like the five whys is super helpful, not, yeah, partially to get to the bottom of it, but more so to kind of just make it super rich and at the front of your mind and just fuel you up again. And so for me, what does that look like? It looks like number one, The first why, why do you want to reach your creative potential? Well, because it makes me feel happier when I'm making stuff that makes more people have yes moments. You know, that's for me, I love getting better at creative work. I love feeling like, oh, this piece was better than the last. And I get so much satisfaction and and how I grade whether it's better of does it just like make me come alive more? Does it make my audience lean into life, have a posture of being like, yes, life has some reason to stick around for. Uh, Second, why? Why does that make you happy? Because, well, when I create that thing, I feel like I'm getting better at getting my insides on the outside. I feel like I'm getting better at being understood. Third, why? Why does being understood matter? Well, it matters to me because It seems like when I articulate myself really well, people like me feel seen. Fourth why, why do you want to make people feel seen? Because it makes them feel less alone and happier and that makes my life feel like it has meaning and it it makes me feel fulfilled. Number five, why? Why does it matter for you to be fulfilled? Well, when I'm fulfilled, that fullness can be shared with people in my life, my family. I put my oxygen mask on for meaning and fulfillment and I can help them find meaning and fulfillment, them put that oxygen mask on. And I feel like it it makes me a better parent because when I'm living a happy, meaningful life, my kids will actually want to take my advice. They'll actually want directions on how to get there. And so it all integrates and you can just feel that richness just getting richer. And you can hear in my voice, I'm just getting more and more pumped out about going, pumped up about going out and making creative work. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like, this is why I'm on the planet. I think the five whys help you just enrich 
that fuel. And after you do that, let's do the second thing. All right, I'm going to get to number two, but I just want to say I'm kind of, after recording that bit, I'm feeling a bit like Leslie Mann in the movie Knocked Up when uh, she's like trying to get her sister, Catherine Hagel, up and she's like, come on, we're going to do it. We're going to go live our lives. And and Catherine Hagel's like, how many Red Bulls have you had? And she's like, I've had about three Red Bulls in the past 15 minutes. That's what I'm feeling like. And I haven't even had Red Bull, but I have had the daily amount of coffee, but I'm fueled more on my personal whys. Okay. (laughs) Number two is you got to name the function. Creative Junction, what's your function? That's what we're answering. Picking up all the pieces of your creative career and making them run right. Little schoolhouse rock reference. (laughs) I am having a moment right now. All right. Here's what we want to do. We want to list out a brain dump of all the various pieces of your practice. For me, that's, you know, this podcast, TikTok, Instagram. I do two Instagrams. I got my regular Instagram and Invisible Things Instagram, Twitter, client work, classes, podcasts, my talks, the lay down tragedy performances, as we call them, all these different pieces. And when they're all these disparate pieces and there's no interconnectivity connecting these molecules, they can't emerge into a greater purpose. And they just feel like a bunch of loose cans rolling around in my back seat. Okay. We don't want that. It's very distracting and it, and it makes you feel unintegrated. Okay. Now I've heard Kanye West talk about how little money he makes on his music, which I think as a musician, There's probably just, that's a hard pill to swallow. Like you've been doing this whole career thinking I'm going to make it big. But if Kanye West (laughs) makes it as big as you can make it and is like, look, there's just no money to be made here, then we have to have a different problem. We know if you followed his little career, his little career, his enormous career, you can see that there was a period of time when he was deep in debt. And then he launches his fashion line, which is a fancy way of saying merch. And now he's Super liquid, has tons of money. It saved his career. And guess what? He's not the first. Jay-Z had Rockaware. P. Diddy had Sean John. Rihanna has her own fashion line. And the fashion sells on the strength of the music. They are interconnected. One is for the purpose of making money. And the other one, the only way that one can make money is if the music is creatively thriving. They're interconnected like an ecosystem. They have different parts to the body of their creative career. And when I figured that out, all of a sudden I realized that every single element of my career doesn't have to be making tons of money, doesn't have to be fulfilling the deeper purposes of my soul, they can actually work in an integrated function. And so what I want you to do is list out every single aspect of your business and then try to define what is the function. 
you know, is it money? Is this just, this is where it's easier to make money. And that money goes and it allows me, it gives me time to do the creative work. That's more fulfilling that is serving that function. And then I do this piece. It doesn't make money and it doesn't fulfill me, but it's strategic because it opens doors and opportunities for this fulfilling stuff or this money stuff. And then this piece, you know, I want you to just stop right there and say, there's some things that are on this list that are just fun. Experiencing life is kind of the highest purpose in my experience. We don't thrive to survive. We survive to thrive. You know what I mean? Like there are things on this list that you do just because you love doing them. And that fun actually keeps you fresh. There are side bands. There are side projects. There are, there are things that you do that when you do those, you know, once a month, once every week, you actually show up to the other stuff more inspired. And so the functions can be abstract. What they can't be, what can't be on this list is stuff that does not serve any real function. Now, as I said that, I wanted to highlight, there are some things that you're planting seeds right now, and it doesn't serve any function right now because you're just putting stuff in the ground, but you're doing so because it's going to pay dividends down the road in the future. So there's all kinds of different types of functions. And, And I caution you, don't stretch it out. Don't make up functions. Don't be like, this could one day if I really use my... Uh, you know, if everything goes to plan, this is really possibly gonna, no, that's not good enough. You've got too much to do. You have too much at stake by making sure that you stay integrated to give some crappy excuse to keep something in your ecosystem that's weighing you down. We've got to make this thing a little bit more lean. And as you go through them, I think it's important to have a sense of the hierarchy. Like I said, we don't thrive to survive. That doesn't make any sense. We survive. We, we, we do the things we pay our bills. We, you know, do all of the little nuanced tasks that we have to do to keep the house functioning, to keep the body going, not for the sake of the body, but for the sake of the experience. You know, I think a lot about how Lego, had this giant breakthrough when they started telling stories with their toys. When they started Ninjago, that series blew open the floodgates on their profits because they started this TV show where they were telling stories. They're giving this emotional charge to the toys. And all of a sudden the toys started flying off the shelf. But I'd like to think, and it seems to be, that what happened was as they started making movies with Lord and Miller, Lego movie, Batman movie, like I think that at some point that flipped when they realized like, no, we're not selling, we're not telling stories to sell toys. We're selling these toys to fund these amazing stories like that. You got to be sensitive to the hierarchy. When you get the hierarchy in place, when you realize like the liver's doing whatever it's doing so that your brain has the energy to produce consciousness, then you're like, okay, I get it. This, this all makes sense. And the liver can find the motivation to keep going, man. 
I wouldn't go totally woo-woo. Some people would say, like, if you're not using your consciousness right, your liver actually will protest. I'm not going to go there, even though the idea is motivating to me. You know, I, I, I do think, like, don't waste that the money from selling the toys, Lego. Make these brilliant movies. And you got to be careful with that hierarchy. You know, Batman and Robin, that movie, remember back in the day, very camp Batman film. The, the suits had more articulation on the chest than that was necessary. It was <laughs> something, it was pretty wild, but that's not really relevant, but it's, it's just coming back to me now. Very funny. But Batman and Robin was notorious for being a long toy commercial. You know, if you can tell an amazing story and then after you get the thing thriving, see like, oh, we can pull this piece and that piece and that piece and make some killer merch, make some fashion lines that really help us fund this passion. Go for it. Do that. We want you to keep making movies, Lego, because they're my favorite movies. But get the hierarchy, get the functions in place, get them all working on all cylinders. And as you do that, you're going to start seeing the integration of all this stuff. And you're going to find this level of excitement and peace. And you're going to get back in step with your creative practice. Okay, the third thing that I want to talk about is much smaller, and it's just give this thing some time and then cut stuff out. Okay, so the third thing is we talked about this recently that I wanted to spend the second half of this year just trying to get back in step, just trying to figure out what am I doing, trying to find what is the next mountain creatively that I'd like to climb. And I feel like sometimes what makes us feel so unintegrated, which I don't even know if it's a word. I'm sure some of you little, you know, perfectionist, little pencil pushing nerds out there, grammar freaks, police are going to be like, uh, Andy, actually, there's unintegrated is not a word. And I'm so, it sounds so boring to open, to pause recording, go open Google, type in unintegrated, see that it's on urban slang and it actually means putting a fork in your pork. <laughs> I don't, what? Okay, I'm too excited on this episode. This is, you know why I'm excited about it? And I like to leave this stuff in. I hope you don't mind this little tangential thing. I, I'm so excited about it because this is what I needed. This is, I did this process just recently and it so helped and, and I'm just, I'm still fired up on the fumes of that. And I'm fired up on the possibility that it might help you get back in step a little bit. Anyway, unintegrated, that's, that's the word we're using. And there are no, there's no mean, I, uh, excuse me, actually, there, those people don't listen to this show. Some of them do, but they're lovely. Anyway, <laughs> they're the sweetest versions of that. Okay, so what I want you to do is give yourself time. Put the functions, write the functions of what are the, what, why am I doing all these things? And then give it some time because the danger is, there's two dangers. The first danger is that you're going to go, you're going to feel amazing today. And then in two weeks, you're going to realize that 
it, it wasn't perfect. Like this thing that you cut or this thing that you, you thought was really important is actually going to hit a huge wall. And if you don't give it time, if you don't actually run the experiments and collect data and let this stuff kind of work out in real time, in the work, trial and error your way through it, then you're going to be like, oh, no, I've lost my integration. But if you see it coming, if you're like, look, this is my best guess for now. Let's kind of see how this feels and this works as I go along. You won't be as prone to freak out and lose that sense of peace. And so work it out over time. And then and also before you just cut any one of these things off the list, be suspicious. Be like, I think I should shut down this Instagram account or this thing or whatever. Don't do not jump to conclusions. Instead, take that suspicion, that that hypothesis into those places. Keep showing up in those creative habits and just see, use it, use your internal intuition to see if like, is my heart in it? Was I right that this thing isn't really serving a function or as I'm, you know, this happens to me all the time. Sometimes, you know, when I'm right in the thick of yesterday, man, I was in the thick of making pictures and I was having a blast. And then I go today, I have to record the podcast. I'm like, man, I don't want to get pumped and get in front of people and in cyberspace, so to speak, and do a big talk and all that, man. Oh, am I to be doing that? I just want to go sit and make stuff. That's I like doing that. But then when I go do this, I'm like, I don't want to go back to drawing pictures. That doesn't, you know, so that's one of the reasons why I want you to be cautious about jumping to conclusions. Don't make conclusions, make a hypothesis, hypotheses on what these functions are. And then as you go about into your regular schedule, give yourself some time to feel out the truth of those things, but save your list, go back to it, make sure you can review what are those functions. Okay. That's number three. Here's your homework. I want you to make a piece about your piece. That sounded, <laughs> that sounded, I didn't, when I wrote it down, it sounded normal. As I said, it, it sounded really weird. Make a P-I-E-C-E, a piece of work about your P-E-A-C-E, like your inner piece. Where are you getting your piece? What is your why, right? Like what, what is fueling your practice? Make one piece that it encapsulates the thing, the feeling behind all of it. I've told you before that the invisible things post that I did was a key to my work. It was kind of like the work behind the work, me just like revealing it. It's a little bit like that, but I want to dive deeper into what makes this prompt different. And so for me, I want to make a piece. I'm going to make a piece of work that is about telling the inner piece of my work, which is I show up every day to tell stories, to remind people why to say yes to life. You've heard me say that before. You know, that's what art, my favorite art does that for me. Some of it does it for me in like a literal way. Like it, it gives me, it passes on a thought, an idea, a philosophy that makes me come alive 
that makes me remember like, oh yeah, that's what life is all about. Some of the stuff is just stuff that's so cool that I'm like, I'm glad, I'm glad I live in a time. I live in a world where I get to exist at the same time this thing is existing because it's just cool. You know, I, I have to soak in that. So whatever your piece is, whatever this thing that's animating your practice is, I want you to first with this homework, I want you to, I want you to prime this piece of work by revisiting things that made that you got what you're trying to give from artwork that gave you what you're trying to give through your artwork. You know, when I stop, I made a list of them right here. When I stop and think about the things the, the moments in my life where I encountered these things and they made me glad to be alive, they sometimes changed my posture from a no, a resisting life, a refusal of the call of being alive. When these things showed up in my life, they showed up at the exact right moment that I needed them and they gave me that. I'm thinking about the time I was sick at home at, from college, surfing the channels on my TV, and I stumbled upon on HBO, I think it was, Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, this is who I am. This makes me feel so pumped to be alive in a world where this exists. I, I, I remember being new zest for life from seeing that movie. I couldn't shut up about it. I'm still talking about it 15 years later, man. Um, that's how pumped I am about it. I remember when I saw the movie about time and I just bawled my eyes out of like, God, this is why life matters. Or when I saw recently Pixar's soul and I thought, man, yeah, just experiencing the ability to see a leaf fall from a tree. Like it helped me say yes to just the, the in-between moments of life. I remember watching Parenthood, that show. I'm a huge fan of that show. It reminded me like family matters, man. Just like Urkel said it did. <laughs> I remember when I found folk art for the first time. I remember the day that I watched the creative mornings talk from my now friend, Aaron Draplin and friend Lisa Congan. But at the time I didn't know these people, I watched their talk and I remember just leaving that and being like, okay, life, I'm feeling it, man. Like I, I felt it and I want to show up right at the time when somebody needs it, right at the time when someone is resisting life and give them something cool and fresh and maybe even some truth that makes them be like, okay, I'm feeling this thing called life. Let's do this. I remember the time when I found the weekend's first mixtape, House of Balloons, I was just like, this exists? What? That we live in a life where this is a thing? And I sent it to my brothers who both grew up with similar like music tastes. And we were both like, are you hearing this thing? This thing, this beach house, Cocteau Twins sampling, R&B, rap, hip hop thing. Like what is happening? This is, this is freaking amazing. Life is freaking amazing. That's the power of what art can do. I want you to soak up, make a list of every single thing 
that gave you what you're trying to pass on, the torch you're trying to pass. And tell someone about those things. Make that list. Record yourself saying it like I just did. I was, I remember what it felt like. It really makes a difference in your life. Art does. Creative work does. It matters. And when you, when you've really got primed, you got your why, you understand it, you're primed, you're feeling it, create while in that mood. You know, I had a guest on the show. He's going to be on the show future. We talked about this. I don't want to give it away, but we were talking about how, you know, writing the mood that you want to write in that mood, like getting into that zone somehow through just weird creative osmosis, it shows up in the piece. And that's what I want you to do. When you're primed, you're ready. Then I want you to make a piece about the inner peace, about this inner why that explains it or tells it or embodies it. It's this breakthrough moment. You know, Ryan Appleton, my agent slash manager slash co-founder of CoLoop, the artist management agency that we started, was telling me the other day about how the creators of Mission Impossible 4 started with the trailer. They went to the marketing department and was like, what is an amazing trailer? And they, they created like, this is what we want the trailer to be. And it sounds like kind of backwards, but actually I had the exact same experience with this kid's book I'm working on. I'm working on this kid's book behind the scenes, totally top secret. And I had, and I was like really stuck. And it wasn't until I thought, let me see if I can put the, the why of this thing, the reason why I'm getting out of bed in the morning to work on this in a TikTok, in a minute long video. Let's see if I can capture that in that video. And I did. And it broke the story open for me in the same way that that fourth Mission Impossible made the series what it was, that all the biggest selling movies came after that movie. And sure, that might not work every time, but it got me thinking about like, maybe that's why Shakespeare would start his plays by just giving away the whole thing. Like, because it was just this powerful thing to have to boil it down to its most refined purpose and create out of that. Because if you can do that, if you have the trailer, if you have the TikTok, if you have that, that tiny super potent little piece of fuel, all of a sudden the function of everything else starts to make sense. It gives you the power to make decisions as you're going through and you're writing the various chapters. You can be like, well, why am I doing this? Well, because we need this for the, that purpose from the trailer, from the TikTok. or why am I doing this? Well, I don't know. It has nothing to do with the, what we're trying to do here. Cut it. That clarity, that clarity and that sense of purpose will help you integrate all the various pieces. And so prime that feeling. Uh, take this episode, identify what that purpose is, what that thing is. Prime into feeling that feeling and then make a piece of work that is on the nose, explaining or telling or celebrating what that thing is. For me, it might be something that just says, say yes, right? You know, it's funny back in the day, one of my first proper pieces outside of school just said yes in huge letters. And I remember thinking at some point in my career thinking like, that's the most hollow thing. Like what does that even mean? But now I realize like, no, that was right on the pulse, man. That was right in the spirit of what I do. 
this posture of saying yes to life. And so find that thing, make a piece. Maybe I'll redo that piece for this because it's an old piece. I actually redid it once already, like seven, eight years ago. Maybe it's time to do it again, do a three-part thing. Try it, check it out, make it happen. Make the piece about your inner peace. Okay, just want to add one quick little bit to the end. You know, this is your creative theory of everything. And I think there is so much to gain from going through this process. But what it won't give you is an actual theory of everything. (laughs) It's important to highlight that even the most top quantum physicists are struggling to figure out a theory of everything. We don't have that. We have a theory of almost everything. We have some good ideas that help us make some really cool things and find some really cool discoveries. But but ultimately, maybe that's just part of it. It, It's just part of it to enjoy the ride, to find some purposes that suit you. Uh, finding a, not just a philosophy, but a working philosophy, some ideas that help you get out of bed in the morning, some worldviews, some perspectives that just help you put all these things into a kind of framework that helps you feel like it, it makes some kind of sense so that I can get up and experience this thing and give myself to making some amazing creative work. And the reason why I wanted to highlight that there is no theory of everything, even that's what we're attempting to do, it's still a really worthy pursuit because the, the, the closer you get to feeling that integration, the more fuel you're going to have, the easier it is going to be to show up. But I, I highlight the fact that you'll never get it so that when you get out of step, like Carrie Brownstein talked about, um, that I was mentioning at the beginning of this episode, you won't panic. Be like, ah, my theory of everything is totally crap. No, it's the theory of almost everything. It was a working philosophy. It was a working document. We're still working on it. We're going to, yeah, oh, it broke a little bit. Okay. First of all, maybe that's a season to be out of step. Maybe I just like, let's break it down. Let's let it die. But let's not let it stay there. Let's not, uh, you know, you know, never die. We're not the Goonies, man. Let's learn how to resurrect a thing. Let's learn how to go through the spring and summer and the blossoming and the harvest and then also the winter. There's a time for that. And I just want to highlight, there is no theory of everything, but the ride trying to get it, trying to get there is a worthy one. And I hope that you will say yes to it. Make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast by signing up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com slash newsletter. You'll receive an email each and every week. And the whole purpose of this show is to help you stay in the creative habit. 
And if you're subscribed to the show, if you don't miss an episode, it can trigger that habit every single week. So when you're listening to the show, you can do part of your creative practice that you can do while listening to a podcast. For illustrators, might be coloring your illustrations. For for musicians, maybe it's setting up or preparing or just, you know, practicing your instrument or whatever. For writers, maybe it's the pre-writing session walk, whatever it is. Each and every week, we show up to make this podcast to help you string together, chain together weeks of working on your practice, helping you create a practice, create create a habit of making creative work. And you can do that by signing up to the newsletter. Make sure you don't miss any episodes at creativepeptalk.com slash newsletter. You also get access to episodes number one through 199. Thanks to the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our creative pep talk soundtrack. Thanks to Sophie Miller, my wife, AKA Sophie Pizza and Ryan Appleton for content assistance. Massive thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing this show so beautifully. And until we speak again, stay pepped up, man. And stay pepped up, humans, all kinds. We love you. You're welcome here. We're, we're, we're working for you, man. The show's over. <laughs> Just turn it off. Just stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.